Welcome to this episode of Woman to Woman podcast series. Our guest today is Julie Morris. She partners with leaders ready to become thought leaders who seek to influence for good. She works to increase the visibility and awareness of important issues, causes, events, and ideas in corporate, philanthropy, nonprofit, and cybersecurity at her thought leadership and marketing firm, Persona Media. She speaks and trains in personal PR with leaders and organizations across the country and hosts high-profile conversations on her podcast, How to Thought Leadership. Hey, Julie, welcome to Woman to Woman podcast. So excited to have you with us here today. Oh, excited to be here. Thank you. So for our listeners, if you can briefly describe what you do today. Absolutely. So I work with what we call thought leaders, which is a very somewhat mysterious term at times, but I help people who are working to make the world a better place to get the genius out of their head and put it out there to benefit the world. So clearly this is something that has evolved over time. So in high school, was that what you wanted to do? What was the plan? I did not even graduate from high school on time. Like most people, of course, they go and they show up and they do as they're told. And I would have, if I really had stopped to be thoughtful and clear about even what the graduation requirements were, but in high school, I found myself really, really wanting to be accepted, really, to the point where I was okay skipping school. I was okay um, going off with people that were, that did not have my best interests at heart because they were just willing to be accepting of me. And so in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to be. And I didn't really think about it until I would say long after. And fortunately, by then, um, I had a better head on my shoulders and was a little more thoughtful. But still, it's taken a long time to figure out what is it that I want to do? How can I help the world around me? How can I be good at being me, good mom, good friend, good wife, and but just good to me? So what happened next? Eventually, you graduated high school. Did you decide to go to college? And how did you get inspired to do that? Like, were there people who said, you know what, Julie, get it together. <laughs> Let's go yeah, from here. Absolutely. I think the toughest thing for me was to step out of this moment of thinking about what everyone else wanted for me what everyone else said I should do or didn't say and start thinking for myself. And it took, it took some trial and error. I mean, I made it to junior college and went to a few different junior colleges in my area because they each had some different elements that I thought I would like. And that was a good experience. And then made my way over to a four-year college and got a degree in economics. Even then though, I tried to just figure out what the people around me wanted and needed and did that for a number of years. And so I think that's a really big part of my story. Ended up now I'm 43 and I feel like I now finally, not even like at 41 probably, but I would say now I'm like 95% sure that I am doing what I believe I should be doing and want to be doing and it fits me. But it's very easy to fall back into that same habit and thinking, what do they want me to be doing? What does he want me to be doing from my husband to even my kids and to clients. And it's hard to have that habit of just going, okay, what do I want? What, what is important to me right now? What should I be doing? How should I be using my time? And because I own my business, there's a lot of options out there. And so having to pick a plan and do the plan takes a lot of determination. Absolutely. So somebody who's just maybe going into college or graduating college, what would your one piece of advice be? Just looking back. Back when I was in college, we had phones, right? Like we had cell phones, but they weren't nearly to the extent of 
connectedness that they are now. And now I find it hard, even as a business owner with a million things going on to be really thoughtful around having enough quiet time to think and to really just get some space away and figure out what just even to rest. I mean, just even to just kind of get some mindfulness and get some peace and quiet, but those big thinking moments are critical and we just don't get a lot of that naturally built into our life. And so you can end up going your whole life going by without being introspective and being thoughtful. And some of our very best ideas happen when we are quiet and we are away from everything else and everyone else. Long time ago, I took a trip by myself to Spain and to France, and that was some real alone time. And that was amazing just to be an observer for a minute and just watch and learn from people around you and different ways of doing and thinking in different cultures. But also just learn how to enjoy being alone. It's just as important as being in community is also liking yourself and being alone. That is so true. And we don't do enough of that. But I think with COVID, there is a lot more focus and mindfulness, self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-care. So hopefully it's, it's all coming back. But that is so true. So. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur, have your own business, start from scratch um, and go, how did that come about? And what really inspired you to do that? I remember driving in from where I lived into Dallas an hour in the heat of summer. And I was very pregnant. We had just moved here to Texas from California where I grew up. And I was again, very pregnant and thinking to myself how worried I was that I was going to be late that day. And I remember pulling into that parking lot and thinking, I will never do this again. I will never clock in and have someone accountable for my moments. Like, this is just not the way it should be. And it's funny, like, it doesn't normally start with such a basic pet peeve of just like, no one will control me like this, but it felt so, it felt so silly to live life in that manner. But I think my middle name probably has always been someone should do something about that. There's got to be a better way, you know, things of that nature. And so I remember going home that same day and finding a piece of yellow card stock on my door. It was an advertisement for a church. I, as I held it, I was just thinking, this is so ugly. This is terrible. Nobody is going to look at this and go, yeah, I want to go and check out their church. And I just picked up the mail and I've got this armload of glossy mailers And I was just thinking how unfortunate that the deck is so stacked against the small guys, like the little guys. And I had done marketing for a long time, just inside the jobs that I had had and always thought we've got to be telling people about what we do. If we're not, then we're not going to survive. We have to tell people about what we do and thought to myself, I could do better than this. Like right now I could do better than this and I should. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help the little guy to get the word out, to help them survive. And so that was what started that first business. And it's exactly what I have been doing. It's evolved and changed, but it started with this feeling like I could do better. I can do better than this. I can help them. And fortunately, my personality is such that I really love work and I can find that mission within it. And Um, It really drives because if you don't have like that almost obsessive personality to go, okay, I don't care what it takes. I will figure out how to make this happen. I will figure out in late nights and early mornings, how to do graphic design or how to do web design. And I will do this. And that's what I did. And I have still too many late nights, too many, like there's just a lot that is required of you. 
And then you get to the point in business too, where you have to figure out, well, who should I hire? Who should I bring on to help me? Should I grow? Should I stay small? There's a million decisions to make. And one of the things I love about community is that you can reach out for more insight and expertise and not just rely on yourself because we don't know nearly enough. Even if you think you do, you don't know <laughs> quite enough to know how to handle all of the myriad things that come with owning a business, but it's so rewarding too. Like my business, it's for our whole family. It's our income, of course, but then um, we have an amazing team and I was able to watch over summer this year us give vacation time to our first employee. And like that was the best feeling ever. And there's a lot of moms and women being taken out of the workforce right now. And that is very sad. It should not be that way. We should have more ways to work than just women have to be full time. Are there certain roles that you recommend early on in the career that really help you in your career later on, in leadership roles, and even becoming an employer, as you said, you know, it's, it's a heavenly feeling to be able to give employment yeah. to somebody. What kind of roles would you recommend? Yeah. So I just this last week went out to New York and was there for some different client events, but there were also a lot of other very cool events happening, amazing things happening just this last week. And I felt like I was on the periphery and that was not a happy feeling. I want to be in the middle of the action all the time. What I do know is that if I was under a corporate umbrella, I would have that name of that corporation behind me. And that acts as an access point, right? It's like, if you were worked, for example, for Upwork, well, you could bring, you know, it's like, they may not know you, but they know the name of the corporation. And that is like a pass to get into places you could not have otherwise. So I think that having more time in a good, healthy corporate environment to meet some incredible people that will advocate for you and sponsor you to get into great roles and have great experiences. Your network is everything. It really is. And the relationships you have are so important. And so I do wish that I had more of a time in corporate where I had been building it's just some of that experience and expertise because there's so many different types of work out there and you just don't know what they are if you stay in the same spot for very long. And it's so easy as a woman, we care a lot, right? We look at everything and think of it as our baby and that's not the right behavior in everything. It is for your baby, but that's not your job. It's not even my business, right? It's like, I have to hold the rest of it with open hands. I will hold tight to my children. That's about it. <laughs> but we can sometimes lose the chance to go and to learn more if we stay where it's comfortable. And so find a great place to work, stay there, build relationships. And then when it's not fresh and new and you're feeling too comfortable, you need to leave. You need to go find a new adventure and broaden your horizons and see what else is out there. You mentioned two things that I want to kind of go back to. First one was you said, you know, sponsors. Mm -hmm. So have you had any mentors or sponsors along the way that have really helped you? One that comes to mind immediately is my, the one who was my very fabulous boss who um, brought me into the foundation here in Dallas that I finally had to quit and, you know, very pregnant walk away from to be with a woman who you work with, who is empowering, who really does want to see you grow and become something amazing. That is invaluable. 
And if you don't have like someone like that in your life, I mean, I would knock on the proverbial door until a woman was who was like that, because there's only so much I think that you can do with peers, right? It's like to have, especially when you're young, um, an older woman that does believe in you and wants to see you grow and is going to help you get there. Like, that's amazing. And so she was definitely that for me. And she's not that much older. It was just a few years, but she had done a lot more. And that was very inspiring. So you have to be able to see where you're going to some degree. And with her, I could see that there was a big world out there and a whole lot of seniority and leadership that you can have. And I could probably list off a few of them, but one of them was my mother She was not alive nearly as long as I wish that she would have been. I know that she would be very proud today to see where I am. She would want me to get more rest, but (laughs) I'm sure she would be very proud. Second aspect we talked a little bit about was networking part, right? It is so essential. And women usually are not that great either just because we hesitate or we just don't know where to start. So how did you start your networking and how has that helped you? Oh, I love that question so much. When I thought about this podcast today and what I wanted to make sure that I communicated, it was the power of confidence. I, for a long time, was not confident, did not believe in myself, did not seem to think that I had much to offer. It was just as easy as making a decision, like a decision that, no, actually, I'm pretty awesome. I have a lot to offer. And it just clicked for me that if I believe in myself, that I could walk into any room, walk up to any person and start up a conversation. But if I didn't believe in myself, it would all fall apart. I would fumble over words. I would not know what I wanted to say. I would feel like a fool. And that was not good. So I know that to make an impression on people, you have to stand out from the crowd. You have to be a little bit different and to be different than everybody else, you have to be really confident. And very often you have to appear and act way more confident than you actually are. Once you do that, your whole world will change. Like everything from the way that you walk to the way that you carry yourself, to the jobs you apply for, to the people you meet, you all of a sudden see that you have a whole lot to offer. And so networking, it does not necessarily matter if you feel like you can network Like the feelings are not even necessarily that important. You have to just do it anyway. And you have to just decide that, okay, I'm going to walk into that room. Everyone will turn and look at me and I'm going to just smile and carry myself a certain way because I have an objective here. And that is to meet, you know, a certain number of people because they need me just as much as I need them. They are terrified too. They don't want to be here either. (laughs) We all want to be home and in our pajamas and we don't want to have to do this. And we've all had a long day, but we all need each other to decide that it is worth that investment. The relief that crosses some people's face when you walk up to say hello, it's it's amazing. And so just look for ways that you can serve and it will not fail you. We had also talked a little bit about public speaking, how that was an issue, but um, you kept at it and here you are. So what helped you overcome that fear of public speaking? Absolutely. So I was really fortunate that at the start of COVID, we had this fun new thing called Clubhouse, which is an audio only app. And everybody was so excited about Clubhouse. And I remember trying to figure out, do I buy an invitation? Like, how am I going to get on this app? I know I should be there. And so finally managed on Twitter in the middle of the night one night when I couldn't sleep 
to reach out to this young lady and say, hi, no, I don't know you, but you said you're on Clubhouse. Do you have any invites to Clubhouse? Anyway, so funny to get, because it used to be invite only. And then after that, I would watch as people would use this app and they would get up, well, not get up, but like they would um, be up to speak on this app. And you could see that the speakers that were interesting and quick, to, you know, like they had something to say quickly and then they were done. People would not leave the room. But if you were up there and you just talked kind of slow and didn't really know what you wanted to say and rambled like this, people would leave and you would just watch them disappear from, you know, the room. And it was scary. And so I remember having just this super gratefulness for these groups that would have a chance that you could get up and contribute just in a short amount of time. And I had to do a whole lot of bad ones, a whole lot of bad attempts where I remember at one point, I even just dropped the phone and ran out of my room. I mean, it was horrible because public speaking for me was just a disaster from the time of high school. And I had years of proving to myself, I don't public speak. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want it. And so to get the chance to practice but not in person. That was amazing. I didn't have to do it literally in like in front of people. It was just from the comfort of my bedroom, pacing up and down the floor and learning to not have a shaky voice. But what really centered me in public speaking was that I was just able to talk to one person. So like right now I'm just talking to you. There's not an audience here. I don't care about what anyone really even thinks about this. I want to be helpful but I just want to talk with you. That's it. Maybe I'll imagine, you know, one other woman perhaps, and she's stuck in a job that she doesn't like in a life that maybe there's people who don't believe in her. And she just really needs someone to believe in her. She just really needs someone to, to say, okay, you should believe in yourself. You can have a better life. You should do something about it. And you should figure out what that thing is and work really hard until you get that thing you want, but you are worth it. And there's a whole lot of joy for you out there. And so I'll just imagine her and just that she needs that. And then the rest of public speaking gets a lot easier. But when you talk to an audience, it's terrifying and awful. Awful. So <laughs> along the way, did you ever have any naysayers and how did you deal with them? I think the biggest naysayer was me. I will say that you find what you're looking for. I mean, if you are looking around for people who do believe in you, you're looking around for people who are excited for you, trust you, um, think that you are amazing, you will find them. But I will say that even to this day, if I tell too many people about what I'm doing or where I'm going or what do I think I'm going to do next or writing a book or having a podcast, everybody's got an opinion. And very often we do not want to see the people around us succeed. And that seems crazy, right? Like, why would it ever be that way? In our nature, we are afraid of other people around us growing. We're afraid of change. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. But usually we just don't want to see other people go far because it makes us feel really bad about ourselves. And so I'm really careful about what I who I tell that I'm doing certain things and that is perfectly okay. I know that I'm going to do great. Yeah, self-belief is so important. 
I think everything starts there. You have to believe yes. in yourself and then everybody else. Absolutely. During all of your journey, do yeah. you have certain perceptions um, that usually are associated with women? Do you feel that try to hold you back? And one of those is when, so like I work with my husband, there are certain things that, you know, well, it should be the woman's role to do the homeschooling or do the schooling of the children, for example. Like we have a really fun life where, my husband is our school teacher and he teaches our kids two days a week and the other two, they're in a school and it's fabulous, but it's very different. And I think even for us, I mean, we liked those traditional roles, right? But we also know that they're not serving us in the way that they should, but we both still have to fight against like, oh, well, so-and-so's wife will be home by this time and cook dinner like this. And it's like, okay, that's not our life, but that's good and we're okay with that but we still have to remind ourselves of that sometimes so what do you think was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it i'm grateful that my biggest failure did not derail me much more than it did but unfortunately there was a few years between high school and college that well it's more high school almost all in high school but enough even still in college where a lot of the people that I knew did drugs I look back and I just think oh my gosh how did I live through that how did nothing way worse happen than it it could have but I'm grateful at least for the fact that I'm able now to say you know the past is the past every single moment so like this moment right here has never been experienced in the history of everything. This is a new moment. And everything that comes after this is our responsibility. But what's behind can be left behind. And like a very much in the Bible and in biblical tradition talks about repentance. And repentance is like an actually, it means to turn away, like to do a 180 degree turn and to leave the thing behind and to walk away. And to be able to just say, okay, even if it hurts and even if it comes back to yell at you later, you know, cause we yell at ourselves a lot. It's so important to just keep our mind either right here in the present or looking forward. Cause in the present, like nothing is wrong right now. Nothing's happening here. That's bad or scary, but even sometimes the future can be scary, but I'm going to leave the past where it is. That is so true. You can't drive looking at the rear view mirror. You need to look mm -hmm. ahead, live in the present. That's that's yes. the key, right? Enjoy every moment. Absolutely. Um, so one question that I love to ask, because this is something we can all use right in our everyday. Based on everything you have seen working with women, are there certain mistakes you think we make unconsciously? Maybe we don't even realize it, all of us, and say, okay, this is something we should stay away from. I love the question. It's funny. All of my clients could easily be white men if I was not careful. And I say that not because it there's, well, I'll just say this. Women are very difficult to nail down around anything that will further their world and life. We are so busy. It's so easy to just say, ah, I don't want to build my brand. I don't want to think about that right now. It's too hard. I'll do it later. Men are not doing it later. They're doing it now. Not all men, of course, right? But like, it would be really easy to just live in that later, later, not now. And yet, if we don't build our personal brand, if we don't try to take how great we are and put it out there, even just a little bit, like once a week, once a month, talk about something you care about, a personal brand or what I would describe as a personal brand here. It's just, what do people think of you? 
Like, do they think of you? Are you ever, you know, putting yourself out there on LinkedIn? Because if you're not, when you go to move jobs or when you go to start a business, no one will know because no one will have seen your stuff and no one will know how great you are and it'll be much harder to gain support. So it's very important to make sure that you are learning a little bit about new social media platforms, just a little bit, because you've got generations of people coming behind you who are younger and know that it is not optional to be visible. Seeking little tiny ways of visibility, making sure that people are aware of how you bring value. It will set you up for a lot of impact because you will get to be in places that not everybody gets to be in. Don't waste time. (laughs) It's like a tree you will wish you had planted 20 years ago. You want that shade one day, but you have to start small and slow, but please start. That is absolutely amazing advice. So one thing I always love to ask my guests is, is there Mm -hmm. anything that not a lot of people know about you? Something very unique and fun. You know, I've thought about that question and it's funny. What I am working on right now is being more self-aware. It's funny. I can build everybody else's platform (laughs) really not do the introspection that is a good answer to this, but I really do love so much to take the time to work on me. And yet I have a really hard time thinking big. Again, I could think big for you and for this podcast and the impact it can make, but it is really hard for me to do that for me. But I'll just call that out to say that's uncomfortable. But instead of just kind of living in that discomfort, I'll go talk to a friend. I'll go ask my community and I'll say, what do you see? And I'll bring people in to that place of challenge or discomfort because I don't want to stay in that. I know it will affect the impact I have long-term. And so I'm going to ask for help around it. I grew up with this saying, usually when you light a lamp, right underneath the lamp is the darkest place because it's spreading all this light out. So it's like that, you know, you're, you're doing it for everybody else, but you're having challenges doing it for yourself. I think the key is to ask for help and we all need to reach out Sometimes we think we need to do everything ourselves and be perfect at everything. And we just need to relax and reach out. And we have people who want to help. So just tap into that. Any last final comments or advice for our listeners? It is so easy to put off action for tomorrow. It is so easy that even once you know you've learned something great to go, okay, I'll think think about it later. I'll figure it out later, 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 not today. But I'll say this, favor action, favor action learn how to make decisions quickly, learn how to be okay with the fact that you don't have it all figured out before you take a risk, favor action. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. 